back to the Poitras Ponderings podcast. Thank you for joining us once again for another week of the podcast where we pause, ponder, and project. think you have not been called, but most likely you just did not hear it because you were not listening for it. So open your heart as our host, Jim Poitras, challenges us today. In the early days of the apostolic movement, dating back to the book of the Acts of the Apostles, one of the ways that the gospel was spread so rapidly was through the Roman Road Network. Uh, recent years, you probably have heard about the Roman road, and it's referring to taking verses of the scripture and explaining a gospel plan or the gospel plan of salvation. I recently wrote an article for the Pentecostal Publishing House in their blog, and it was about the Roman road of global evangelism, the Roman road of global evangelism. And I was thinking at the time of that writing about that scripture found in Romans chapter 15 in verse number 20, where the writer says, so have I strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. And that's such a great scripture when it comes to the whole concept of global missions. And I want to be able to do that, to kind of boldly go where no man has ever gone before. I know that when we in the apostolic movement reach every nation of the world, and there's only about 12 of them left to be reached, we still have over 7,000 unreached people groups around the world. Some of them are bigger than entire nations. These people need to be reached before the soon coming of the Lord or that day where they're going to be gathered from every tribe, every kindred, from every tongue, from every family, from every ethnicity, ethnicity. They're going to be there, and that's our end vision. That's what we're praying for. That's what we're believing for. That's what we've been promised. That's why we endeavor to fulfill the Great Commission. Going back to the Roman road of global evangelism, and this is Jim Poitras with the Poitras Ponderings podcast, where we pause, we ponder, and we go ahead and project. Here's the question. Is it possible to become involved with missions without hearing an audible voice? Is it possible to become involved with missions without hearing an audible voice? Would it be probable without some sort of lightning bolt from the sky? The roar of heavenly thunder. Is it possible to go ahead and hear perhaps that still small voice? without the lightning and the roar of the thunder or a loud voice yelling at you and telling you that you need to go. 
I think he's already told you that you need to go beginning in Genesis chapter three and working its way all the way through the Bible. There is the biblical theology of missions. I wrote a book on that. If you look in the New Testament, there are five instances of the Great Commission. Each one of them uh, tells a particular little viewpoint or story about the Great Commission. If we fail to take our part and be a global Christian, a global goer, if we fail to give, if we fail to pray, if we fail to go, or any combination thereof, then we have committed the great omission instead of fulfilling the great commission that all of us are called to be a part of. So does it take an audible voice? Does it take that flash of lightning, that roar of the thunder, that loud voice to compel you to go? Or can you just hear that still small voice humbly and quietly? And can you respond, here am I, send me. William Booth said, and he's the founder of the Salvation Army, by the way, not called, did you say? Not heard the call, I think you should say. Not heard the call, I think you should say. Ever notice that hearing can be turned on or off at will? I know, never for you because you're a perfect person, but I think it was Charles Swindoll, Chuck Swindoll, who years ago was related the following synopsis. He said, in the stillness of the night, a mother who normally sleeps soundly can hear the cry of her little baby. She jumps out of bed and like a speeding bullet, she's at that crib ready to take care of the baby for the early morning feeding. All along, daddy, the father or some fathers in the same room sleep undisturbed. What's up with that? One chose to hear. The other one was deaf by choice. He is oblivious that his wife has been up several times in the night taking care of the baby. I know we can't put all of you men in that particular segment of uh, thinking and stereotyping, but sometimes we can be deaf by choice. So what's the difference between the mom and the dad? Both have the same ability to hear. The maternal instinct of the mother is sharpened to when the slightest movement in the crib brings her jolting out of bed. She slept with one ear open while her husband slept with both ears closed. Ouch, death by choice. My personal experience was when my firstborn, Melinda, came to the United States to attend Indiana Bible College. I was still on the mission field and every sound of that computer that might indicate that Melinda needed something, needed me, needed dad. While she was at home, I was out of that bed so quick. While my wife slept, the tables had been turned because one is called upon to nurture, and the other, the dad, is called upon to protect. One, deaf by choice. So going back to the Roman road of global evangelism, when you look at the book of Romans, I think you can go ahead and ascertain there the Roman road of global evangelism, the Roman road of global evangelism. 
for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Uh, a soul that is lost is just one soul too many. Every soul counts. Romans chapter 1, 16, even without hearing that audible voice, I want to be involved in global missions because I want to make sure that I am spreading the gospel. It's to the Jew first, but it's also to the Greek. It's to the Jew. It's to the Gentile. It's to everyone. It's still the whole gospel to the whole world by the whole church. You go on in the book of Romans, uh, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Romans 6, 23, we know the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If we really love others, we will take the gospel to them. We will converse with them. We'll witness to them. For God so loved the world. That's not from the book of Romans, by the way, but... Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but they have everlasting life because the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We should be sharing that gospel. Everybody is lost. Everybody needs a savior. The price for sin is still spiritual death. No one's exempt by that. They need to go ahead and obey God's word and salvage their lives to the point of salvation. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans chapter 5, verse number 7 and 8. There's an old Nigerian chorus. We were missionaries in Nigeria and then on to Ghana. But I remember this old Nigerian chorus that says, Jesus surrendered his life for me. What have I done for him? He gave everything for me. Am I willing to take up my cross and follow daily after him? Knowing that I've been rescued, am I willing to go ahead and rescue others? We all know that the Apostle Paul was called to the Gentiles. We have studied that. We've read that in the scripture. However, in Romans chapter 10, verse number one, he said, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer for God is uh, for God, for Israel. I'm going to go ahead and repeat that and make that correction. We all know that the apostle Paul had a great burden for the Gentiles, was called to the Gentiles. But in Romans chapter 10, verse number one, he said, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Romans 10:1. He had a burden for his own people. He had a burden locally. He had a nearsighted vision, but he also had a farsighted vision that he lifted up his eyes and looked unto the fields because he knew that they were white unto harvest and the field is the world and the world needs to be preached to. They need to be reached. We need to take the gospel on the Roman road of evangelism. Uh, we also understand that when it comes to 
the gospel, the scripture says in Romans chapter 10, verses 14 to 17, you know, how are they going to preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel for Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How? How is it that they're going to hear unless somebody's going to be willing to go? Steve Shadrach in his book, Goer, Sender, Mobilizer, and Welcomer, said most people would be willing to go but are planning on staying. We need folks who are planning on going but are willing to stay if that's the Lord's will. Not all are called to be global missions, but I think all of us are called to be global Christians. We're called to be goers, and we can be part of the Roman road of global evangelism, that we can be on that, that journey and be involved in taking the whole gospel to the whole world on the Roman road of global evangelism. Maybe you just need to cross the street, but go. We hope to have you back again next week. May your week be blessed.